Hallelujah. Let's lift our Bibles to the Lord. Say, Father God, I thank you for this word. This word is life and medicine to my flesh. As I hear the word, faith comes in my heart. For faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Breaking the financial retrogression and stagnation. How to break financial retrogression in your life and stagnation. The word retrogression means going backwards. If you realize you are going backwards financially, you don't have to just leave it like that. You have to do something. But some of us, we are not retrograding, but we are not progressing. What do I mean? Two years ago, you were on a 20,000 level a month. You are still on 20,000. There is no increase. While the Bible promises us increase, you're not supposed to retrograde in your financial life. In fact, in all other areas of your life, you are not also supposed to be stagnant. You must grow. Say, I must grow. I did not hear you. You must grow financially. You must grow in knowledge. Stagnation and retrogression is not good. The Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy 28, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28, You found it? I'm reading from verse 1. It shall come to pass, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments, which I commanded thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high, not going below, above all nations of the earth. And all this blessing shall come upon thee and overtake thee. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall thou be in the city and blessed shall be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground. And the fruit of thine cattle. The increase of thy kin and the flock and of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store, that's bank account. Your bank account must be blessed. Go to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you always having all sufficiency. In all things, at all 
times. There is no place for retrogression there. The Bible says you shall increase. The Bible talks multiplying. God shall multiply thee. The Bible talks about Abraham. And the Bible says increased and became very prosperous. Same thing with Isaac and many others. So when you are a child of God and you are retrograding in your financial life, it is not good. When you are a child of God, you are stuck or you are stagnant. You are at one place. You're not making progress in your finances. There is something wrong. Because God's word is that you progress. And maybe for a few weeks, I'm going to show you how you can do that. Now, what makes people to retrogress financially or to be stagnant? Number one, The greatest mistake you are going to make that will make you stuck or retrograde financially is to take your job as your source of prosperity. I want to drive that home. Some of us we have been working very hard to get a job. And you have been thinking that once I get a job, I shall prosper. You will not prosper because you have a job. Get it from me. So, if the devil can convince you to give you hope that you are going somewhere financially because you are employed and you buy into that, you are stuck. Come on, say you are stuck. I did not hear you. It, it takes a lot of very little common sense. You don't even need a lot of common sense. You just need very little common sense. If you start working and your salary is 15,000. In fact, let me go to 20,000. They are going to increase after you toy toy. They will increase that salary by 5%. That's our increment. Yearly. If you are going, to, and, and after, that's much toy toy. Otherwise, it's 3%, 2%, 5% is a lot of union help. 
Now, what is 5% of 20,000? That's 1,000 rands, isn't it? Am I calculating well? 1,000 rand. So what we, and then they tax you from that very 1,000 rand. Basically, what will come home from that 1,000 rand is less than 700. So you work the whole year, you get an increment of 700. Now, if you are going to be having that increment for 10 years, You will have an increment of seven to ten thousand, maybe, after ten years of your work, which is not easy. You're not thinking of inflation, though. When you are getting that increment, inflation is also what you were buying at ten, la, ten rands is now at fifteen. In a real sense, your salary is still at ten. 20,000. That increment is just helping you to balance inflation. So why did you think you are going to prosper? Secondly, your life and your children are unlikely to get a good education and improve. From 20,000. Because I want to help you. Some of you, you got a salary, a job, you are getting 20,000. I'm taking that just an average. And you have been so comfortable. You're not, you, you are not going to prosper out of that. 20,000 times 12 is how much? 240,000, isn't it? Some of you don't even know mathematics. <laughs> 240,000. You go and get a quotation for your child to go to Stellenbosch University. It will cost you maybe about 100,000. When you put on books, these other things, you may find you are coughing 120,000 for one child. So, if one child is go at one time, we will get more about half of your salary. What will happen to you and the three children at home? You see, you just have to think a little bit. You cannot prosper out of your salary. Even if you are getting 30,000 or 40,000. Because that's the average of most, in fact, that's too much, almost black people. And once you got that job, you are really thinking, I'm, God has blessed me, I'm going to prosper in Jesus. You are not. So when you get deceived that I am employed, out of my job, I will become a millionaire. You are dreaming. I'm not talking about a dream of where you are going. It's a dream of sleeping. You are sleeping 
and dreaming. You cannot prosper out of your job. Does it mean you don't need to be employed? Now here, I'm talking prospering in God's way. Spiritual prosperity, which is supernatural. Beyond your natural. Bible says God is able to make his grace. We are talking about prosperity by grace. Tapping into God's grace. And therefore, it is of God. It's, it's supernatural. It's not natural. First mistake is your salary. Now, do I mean you don't have to work? No. You have to do what? Your work, get me very clearly. Your work is a place where you get the seed. The Bible says he giveth seed to the sower. So your job is a place where you get your seed. So that you tap into the supernatural. So that you tap in the grace of God. So if you are looking at your job as your ultimate source, you have made a serious mistake. Go to your job when you start working and say, God has given me a place to have a seed to sow for where I'm going. It's a place of having a seed. It's, you're not supposed to live on your salary. If you are born again. Your salary is a place where you get, I don't live on my salary myself. I don't even care whether I got a salary or not. Month end, I don't even say, I don't ask for my salary. And when the salary comes, it's a seed. Sometimes, the salary doesn't come to me, I just pass it to church, all of it. Boom! It's a seed. Because I know, I cannot live on the salary. I know. Immediately, I lock myself on my salary, I forfeit the grace. Where God says he's able to make his grace abound towards me. So that by grace, so that I am able to have all sufficient in all things at all times. By what? By grace. What is grace? Grace is God doing for me what I cannot do. Or is providing to me what I cannot earn. Very important. Don't you know that Jesus, we know the grace of our Lord Jesus that though he was rich. His grace for our sakes, he became poor. So that through his poverty, we can become rich. 
By what? Grace. Say grace. grace. How many of you are saved by grace? Lift up your hand. Are you saved by grace? How many of you are filled with the Holy Ghost by grace? Lift up your hand. How many of you know that there is prosperity by grace? Let me ask you a question. Did you work for salvation? You received it, isn't it? Did you work for the Holy Spirit? You received it, isn't it? So there is also prosperity which you receive by grace. The same way you receive salvation by grace, you receive the Holy Spirit by grace, you can receive prosperity by grace. Very important. So don't lock yourself in your job. Be conscious of God's grace. Be conscious of God's grace. Very important. So mistake number one a lot of you made is the job you have. You have made your job your source. You have forfeited the grace of God because of your job. Right there, you lock yourself into stagnation that ultimately may end up into retrogression. Number two. I'm talking about reasons of retrogression. Be able to identify unprofitable projects that take out the seed capital and bring you into the place of debts. So you are employed and you are getting a salary. But there are some projects that you engage yourself in that makes it impossible even for you to sow the seed. You are here. I said your job is a place where you get the seed to plant. You have to pay tithe and plant seeds for the grace of God to begin manifesting in your life. Now, be conscious of projects, events, that it take the seed from you. So that though you are employed, you are unable to plant the seed. So you are locked in your job. There is no supernatural harvest. Be conscious of that. Identify such projects, such events, and, and, and do away with them. Check your life. Check events that always surface when you have some money. Especially when you get your bonus. Check events that comes in. You put in money but they don't bring in profit. 
They are unprofitable projects. And if those projects are demonically orchestrated to rob you the capability to plant a seed. And it becomes normal to say I have commitments I can't give to God. I have commitments I can't save for business or accumulate capital. Because if you are going to go into business, you have to save. At one time, you must accumulate some capital. And go in a small business that you begin to grow. But you realize when some money comes, even some unexpected money, some bonus, the devil cooks up some projects or events that look normal to you. But if you look at it, it is not a seed and it's not profitable. Start taking money. And money goes. So you are back to square one. You can't give. You can't save. Let me give you a few examples. Number one is people. Come on, say people. Say it again. There are people who are careless with money. And always when they are broke... They make you feel guilt if you don't give them money. They will make it like if you don't help. Where are they going? Ask them and say, if I was not there, what were you going to do? I am not saying don't help people. But there are people who are irresponsible. Some of, you, some of them are your brothers, your aunties, your cousins. You see, funerals are cheap. You, can, you know you will die. You know you will die. It's not if, it's when. And there are various societies where you can only pay 200 rand a month, even less than that, so that when you die, you have a coffin. Here is somebody who was drinking, never bought a coffin. If you were my sister, I would bury you in a sack. Just got a bag of, of carton box. Put you in, go. Now, when such people lose a child or children, then they make you feel guilty. I'm going to be embarrassed if I'm going to buy a, a coffin of 600 rands. I, I just want to give a dignity dead to my brother. If you knew there is dignity dead, why didn't you pay? 200 rand monthly to the burial society. You want to be dignity now when all along you never thought about it. I will look at you and fold my hands and help you to sing. And I'm just singing with you. No, I won't give you money. If it is carelessness, Look at me. I'm a pastor and I'm preaching to you. There are people, I just told you the story of my brother. I tried to help him do this, do this, not listening. 
When he's in financial crisis, he phones me every day. I don't pick the phone. Why don't you pick the phone? I don't care. Why don't I care? He doesn't care. So why do you want me to care when you don't care? Come on, say, pastor is preaching. Now, there are people who you know this has just come. Come on, stand with them. Because they are not in problems out of carelessness. Help them. Plant seed in their lives. Help them. Sustain them in their period of a drought. Because you know these are responsible people. But there are people who are irresponsible. They will always make you feel guilty. Those are the people who the devil use to steal the seed and saving that you could save for your investment. And it doesn't mean you are being good. You are being naive. <laughs> you still love me? Come on, say, pastor is preaching. I have spent thousands of money out of that. And some people, I spent money like that to Two months, two years later, they even insulted me. Amen? How many, of you, how many of you have children here? Lift up your hand. Children who are young. Okay? How many of you know that those children are going to go to school? How many of you know that they'll go to university? Okay? So, why don't you start preparing now? Why don't you get an education policy? Now. Now when metric results come, that's when you are running from one cousin to another. And you say, I did not know. You did not know. When a child entered grade one, he was on his way to university. And it doesn't mean all along you have had no money to invest for your child's education. You have had money, but people took it. And profitable projects took it. It is the strategy of the enemy to make sure you are just a consumer. You don't plant seed and save. Amen? People, what did I say? Hobbies. Come on, say hobbies. <clears throat> Especially you people who have children. You have children. Your child he wants to do a hobby that he will never make money out of it. If you have enough money, that's okay. I'm not going to pay money for you to go and be dancing 
When you never make money out of dancing, just dance without going to the class. And some of you, no, 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 I'm very serious. Your children make you feel, feel guilty. But dad, all my friends are doing this. All my friends are doing this. Some of the friends who are doing that, their parents are able. My question is, are you able? You finance hobbies that has no profit in the future. Now, this is me. I know some of you are experts in the, in the finances and whatever experts you are in. Many years ago, I used to believe the saying that you don't have to work for money. Only do your passion. How many of you have heard something like that? You have never heard something like that? Do your what? Come on, how many of you have heard that? You see, that's a lie from the devil. Your passion must be profitable. Let me tell you this. If you are intelligent, you can go to school and become a scientist or an engineer and make good money or a doctor. But at this time, your passion is dancing. So you stop going to classes and follow your passion. And say, me, I'm a balalena. <laughs> Amen? It is your what? You are selfish. Because if you don't go to school and you follow a, an unprofitable passion, you are robbing your wife good life. You are robbing your children the, the, the chance to go to, to go to good school. Because your passion is not paying. Any passion that is not paying. Leave it. You heard me? How many of you heard me? People will tell you, follow your passion. Uh, check the passion. Where will it lead you? Will it be a blessing to your family? Will it be a blessing to the nation? Will it be a blessing to the body of Christ? But if this passion is just to make you feel good and you follow it, it's not making any profit and will never make any profit in the future and you are investing money there, the devil has tricked you. No matter how much you think. Amen? So parents, be aware of that. My child cannot come and say, I'm stopping school. I want to do, I have a passion of going to, 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 I want to be, to, to compete on the game, game. You know this computer games? I will ask him to say, after you become a master, how much is it going to give you? 
If he says, no, it's just my passion and they are friends from Japan and China, I'm going to be meeting Chinese people. I will say, you finance it yourself. You have to show me at one time this passion shall be what? Profitable. If it's not profitable, do what? Leave it. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. Even if you don't feel like, just do it. You have children, some of you, you send them to grade, they go to school. When they are in grade, grade 12, grade 8, you are asking them, what do you want to do? I don't know. Grade 10, what do you want to do? I don't know. What, well, grade 5, grade 12, what do you want to do? I don't know. When they go to university, they get a course. You pay 200,000. Second year, he says, I, I think this is not my passion. I'm changing. Hey, tell him you will pay for yourself. You ask Zachariah. I told him, I don't care any course you will do. January you are going to school. Because he was telling me, I don't know yet. I said, okay, you will go to school, you do a course, you will come and pay for what you know when you are working. Period. <laughs> I'm not going to stay with a man in my house telling me I don't know yet. No, do anything. You are going to do anything that gives you a salary. Then you pay for yourself for what you want to do when you know. So you are not going to be changing courses. In, in two years you say, I think medicine was not my passion. You go and start again first year. And then he said, I think I also made... That is a devourer child. The devil is using him to rob you the seed. Tell him, Muna, if you don't know what you want to do, take a driver's license, become a driver. Then you finance yourself for where you want to go. Make progress. Come on, say, make progress. Make progress. I'm preaching, don't you think so? Yeah. Now, some of us, you have been financing one child, one person. He does that, this, it is not my passion. Drop it, that, that, it is not my passion. And if you count the money you have spent, you could have saved that money for a business. Or you could have given it that money into the kingdom of God. Don't finance unprofit hobbies. And unprofitable hobbies. So pastor, he preach, he's preaching. Number two, unprofitable sport. What did I say? What did I say? If your son says, I want to play football, don't refuse. Tell him, are you practicing my son? He says, yes. Okay, which, which team are you practicing with? You go there. You watch him. 
if you realize that your son, his level of football playing is level two, <laughs> tell him you are on your own. <laughs> because level two players don't become professionals. They play football for recreation. Now, you can play football for recreation without me paying money. Amen? And some of us, we feel guilty. The child is crying. The child is crying. What can I do? And you engage your child who is a grade 2 footballer, level 2. You know, if your child is level 5, 6, or 7, you know with the training he can get there. I, Zambian, Zambians like football. And I had friends who are footballers. I dreamed football. And I went to the football ground to try and play football. And I stood, somebody kicked the ball towards me. The ball came. When I wanted to kick it, the ball passed. I said, okay, again. When I wanted to, the ball passed. I said, I'm out of here. If I can miss two balls like that just from the beginning, when will I learn to even see the ball coming? This is not my place. You know what I did? When others are playing football, I'm in the library. Now let me give you this. Let me help you. When you have children, you need to divide your children on three levels. The mind, the hands, the legs. There are people whose gifts are here. Their strength is where? They use the mind very little. But their hands, with little use of the mind, the hands can do wonders. There are also people who use their feet. In fact, you also include the mouth. The, the center is the mind expressing itself through the Mouth, hands, and legs. So I realized that my mind works very good. It can use the mouth and I can learn things. The only sport I ever did was running. Anyone can run if you want to. And I locked myself in the library. So when my friends are playing football, I spend all my life, every morning, library, buy books. And I'm just, that's my gift. It's not a hobby. My gift is my mind. So I must work out my mind. I must improve it. Make it smart. Improving of my mind. That's where my future is. You understand what I'm saying? That's my strength. And out of my mind, I use the ma. I talk. Don't you think I'm talking good right now? 
Now, if you are telling me to go and learn football, why are you wasting my time? Say, unprofitable sports. Unprofitable passions. Give you another one, I go, I move on. Unprofitable or untimely leisure time. Untimely leisure time. Can I mention that? <laughs> there is a time when you must sleep in B and B hotel. Finish. Some hotels pretend like you don't know them. There is a time when you need to move in a taxi. You know one day I'll move in Grayon. One day I'll fly. But you see, some of us, out of our job, which is a seed, is a place where you must get seed. It's a place where you must save and plant or plan. Immediately you get a salary, you go into leisure. Eat breakfast that you don't deserve. No, no, I'm serious. There is a time where you have to eat mutoko. Finish. You just make soft porridge. You are moving. When others have eggs, bacon, cereals, and some vegetables, you just pass by, eat mabele. And two slices of bread. Move on. It's not time for leisure. You see, you enter leisure at a wrong place. You want to go to holiday in Deben. For what? And I'm not saying don't go to holiday. But go to holiday at the right time. Go to holiday when? Because this, you have not yet reached a place of harvesting. You have a seed. You cannot make pleasure on the seed until you begin to have the harvest. Untimely pleasure will rob you the seed. You won't plant a seed in the kingdom of God. You won't give. Some of us here, you don't even pay tithe. And when you look why you don't pay tithe, Part of this is untimely pleasure. Say untimely pleasure. Say it again. You don't have to have a wedding for 100,000 when you don't have money. Just go and buy a wedding dress. Even if it's 2,000 rands, the issue is not the wedding. The issue is that you are getting married. Now, some of you, you don't have money. You put your fiancé under pressure. The guy coughs a lot of money. And for the rest of five years, you are paying debts for one day. Which you, don't, you did not even enjoy. When they gave you food to eat on the high table, your mind was not even on food. You were just thinking, when do we go? For honeymoon. But you paid money 
That puts you into debt. That is untimely what? Pleasure. In my first marriage, I had my honeymoon in the seventh quarter. Yeah, with my late wife. Got married. Everything. We asked people to cook to do this. And where did we go for honeymoon? In my servant's quarter. I was staying in the servant's quarter. I said, honey, we are married. One day we go to a hotel. Let's go in a servant's quarter. Servant's quarter. Servant's quarter. Not a house. Behind somebody's house. And my wife, they dropped us. My wife picked her wedding dress coming to my servant's quarter. Was I married? Yes. You can't refuse it. <laughs> Did I have honeymoon? Yes. You can't refuse it. That was my level. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a big hand. I'm helping you. Untimely pleasure. Okay. You know where my wedding, my second wedding was? My battle convention center. You can't look it. Very beautiful and expensive. Do you know where I have went for honeymoon? The palace in Sun City. Not, not, you see, Sun City has two places. There is the Sun City where you stay in the cascas. They call them cascas. Cascades. There is the palace over there where common people don't go. <laughs> How many of you still love me? I'm telling you I went there. In fact, I didn't even know the protocol. Because when you arrive there, you just cut out of the car and leave your keys. I didn't know that. I thought I have to open my candy, take the luggage. No. When you go to the lost city, the palace, you park the car and walk out. There are people who you come take the luggage from your, your, your car and take the car, keep it somewhere where they wash it. When you are checking off, you don't take bags. You simply say, we are checking off one o'clock, whatever time, and you walk out of your room. By the time you reach there, you are at the reception. You will see your car with your luggage in. Protocol. Amen. I didn't know that. Amen. Am I preaching here? Amen. There are levels in life. Respect them and stay there. You don't have to put on a shoe for 1,000 rands when it is not your level. Go to China City. Buy a shoe for 200. In fact, nowadays, they are fake shoes. That looks real. Come on, go ahead and give the road a big hand. I'm preaching, don't you think so? Leisure at a wrong time. Why is that wrong? 
Because instead of spending money on leisure, plant seeds. Tap into the grace. Save money. You know, I could go for holiday at any time if I want. But I don't. I am investing money, thousands and thousands of money in my writing business. I have books and books on the computer. I have bills and bills that come from printing companies. I'm just paying. A day will come when the dividend begins to kick in. Amen? I'll just disappear and say, I'm going to Acapulco Bay. How many of you have heard that name? Acapulco Bay for holiday. It's my time. This is not my time. Come on, say untimely leisure. Say it again. I cannot go on and on. Check things that has caused you to fail to plant the seed. In fact, let me give you a bonus. Is lack of humility and competition. Lack of what? That can take you out of balance. I really believe myself. I'm Pastor Kansema. Whether the suit I dress doesn't change me. It doesn't change me. There was a time. I was building the church in Mafiken. And I determined we will build it cash. I was driving a Honda Ballet, old. That thing, when it is moving, you can hear noise inside. But I was moving from one place to another. And one of the pastors, a good friend, of course, is not Apostle Stolle. Looked at me and said, Kansema, you are such a man of God. Why are you driving this thing? I looked at him and said, don't you realize I arrived? Amen? I did what? He said, yes, you arrived. That's what is important. And I was not afraid to park my Honda Ballet in between BMW, Mercedes, Benz. I parked my Honda Ballet there. And when it is some of the car, that Honda Ballet did not have remote. You have to lock it manually. So when every preacher is walking out and when they are two meters away, they go like that. <laughs> Me, I have to go physically. Amen? I lock it. Here is my question. Is your car locked? Yes. Is my car locked? Yes. At that time, there is nothing wrong. We did not come for car show. 
we came for preaching. So whether you drive a message Benz, I came in with on the ballet, wait until we get on the pulpit. That is where the real job is. But the lack of humility and pride can take you into competition with people who are above you. And you begin to spend money above your level. It's lack of humility. Be humble enough to move on your level. But you know that we am getting there. I am planting seeds. I am serving. I will tap into the grace of God. Some of you, 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 you buy cars, you can't even pay tithe. Just because your cousin bought the same car. You are forfeiting the grace. Because your prosperity as a child of God is by grace. God can move you from where you are. If you use the seed, what is in your hands? Why do you eat what is in your hands that God wants to multiply? Why do you use it for leisure? Why do you finance, finance unprofitable projects instead of planting seed? Why do you do that? Okay, let's move a step forward. How do you solve this problem? Because some of us, as I'm talking, already you are locked. But there's nothing wrong because there is a time of ignorance where we all make mistakes and lock ourselves. What's the, what's the solution? Solution number one. Realize that your prosperity comes from God and God is your source. Realize that. And if God is your source, prosperity comes from him. You've got to make a good friendship with him. Put him first in your finances. Realize that. He is the one who says he is able to make all grace abound towards you that you may have all sufficiency in all things and abound to every good work. Put him first. Realize that. If you don't realize that, you will forfeit the grace and labor in your own strength. And it will take you years and you are not going anywhere. Realize that. 
Once you realize that, number two, get scriptural knowledge on financial prosperity. What does the Bible say? How am I going to receive it? You don't have to be emotional. God is not emotional. God is truth and factual. Some of us, we move emotionally. Investigate. What does the Bible say? What is God promising you? It's amazing. I have books on finances there. Preparing for any time wealth transfer. How to benefit from your giving. Some of you, you never dared to buy them. And some of you, you bought them and put them home. Those are not the only books you need to buy. Buy books. Get a spiritual or scriptural understanding of how do you break financial stagnation in your life. Read. Number two, number what? Three. Get natural financial intelligence. There are people who will teach you. Because you see, paying tithe only is not going to work. You need to create the work of your hands. And that's in the book. And creating the work of your hands may need somebody who knows business principles. One day I flew to, to what's the place? Port Elizabeth. To go and sit down. And some of the guys who were talking were multi-millionaires. I'm listening to them. There are books that I buy on financial intelligence and business. I'm not a businessman. I'm a pastor. And those things, some of them, I, I don't need them to preach to you. I use them. I need to get the understanding. Get the knowledge both from scripture and from the natural. You spend all the time watching soapies. And in the night you pray in tongues. You are wasting your time. Tell your neighbors, especially you. When you, and there are preachers who are crooking you. Because you stand in front and say, when you touch these hands with money, you are already a millionaire. You are already a millionaire. You, are, you start running emotionally. Thinking when I touch his hands with 10,000, I'm already a millionaire. How many times have you done that? Prosperity is progressive. That's why you have poorer or poorest, poorer, poor. Then you have rich, richer, richest. You progress. You cannot be poor and become richest tomorrow. No. 
If you are poor, I work hard to become poor. Once you are poor, you have made progress. Because you were poor and now you are poor. Then from being poor, make it. Just begin to make it. Nothing wrong. From making it become rich. From being rich become richer. Then from being richer, you become one of the rich. It is a process. Come on, shout process. process. Say, say it again. Process. I don't know where you read in the Bible that somebody will make you a millionaire on the altar. Get some intelligence. Read the Bible. Read the spiritual financial principles. Read natural financial principles. That is your way out. Come on, says my way out. Number, what is number? I'm going to leave you with that. I'll give you two. Number four, engage in aggressive seed sowing. Engage in aggressive seed sowing. You hear what I said? What do you do? Engage when you, you are retrograding financially or you are stagnant financially. Engage in aggressive seed sowing. Because some of us, that's the time we let go planting seeds and say, when I have, where are you going to have because you have no harvest? Where are you going to harvest? So in the time of financial retrogression, the Bible says in the time of famine, Isaac sow seed. Simple scripture and principle. In your time of financial retrogression, financial stagnance, engage in aggressive Seed sowing. You don't have to sow much. Sow what you have. Sometimes, let go some lunch. Fast and plant seed your lunch money. Engage in aggressive seed sowing. That's how you get out. Number five. Look for the opportunity of directed giving. Come on, say directed giving. I did not hear you. I've preached this and it's in the book. I encourage you to read the book. Directed giving is when God directs you to give something himself. And directed giving is what I call financial lifeline. It's like you are sinking financially. Then God throws a lifeline and says, hold it. If you hold it, that financial lifeline, 
God will take you out of your stagnation. When God directs you to give something, don't hold back. It's a financial lifeline. Here is the scripture. The woman is, the widow is about to die. She has one meal to cook. After she eats, she dies with her child. Then the Lord says, I am sending a prophet. Give him your last meal. Who said so? Come on, who said so? I'm asking you, who said so? Then he go to Elijah and say, I have prepared a widow to sustain you. And Elijah thought, this woman has abandoned food. She had her last meal. When Elijah arrived there, find this woman is gathering her sticks to go and cook her last meal. When he said, give me some meals, she said, Elijah, I have just little. When I eat, I die. But already God told her, don't eat it. Give it to your prophet. Now let me ask a question. What is the difference to eat the last meal and die or give it and die? Is it not the same thing? Is there any difference? Because whether you give it, you will. Whether you eat it, you will. So just try to give it and die. But she chose, I am eating it and die. But there is an opportunity to give it. God says, do what? Give it. Directed giving. She gave her meal as directed by God, not solicited by Elijah. Get hold of that. What happened? The Bible says she was sustained herself, her son and Elijah, for how many years? For the whole year. Now, some of you, you are going, you have retrograded financially. God is asking you, what do you have? Maybe he's directing you. That is not my business. It's the business between you and God. And you have been holding back. When you hold back, you have let go God's lifeline in your finances. And you will sink alone. Brethren, it is God's will for you to prosper. I did not hear you. But there are principles that God has put. And if you follow them, your retrogression can change. Your financial stagnance can change. It's a decision you need to make. It's not going to happen automatically. Neither will it happen by prayer only. It will happen by realizing where was I making a mistake. You let go of those mistakes. When you let go of those mistakes, the next question is now, how do I surface what I need to do? And you begin to apply that. You will see God taking you out of your financial stagnation. And you will become one of the people that God can bless. Give the Lord a big hand. And stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Stand on your feet. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. I want you to pray briefly over this message.
God, I, I know God has been speaking to you. God broke your way.